It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? Hope everybody had a great weekend out there. Well, I hope most of you had a had a great weekend out there. Not there were Trumplicans. Sorry, that was a horrible joke. I, I really don't mean it. Welcome, everybody. I hope everybody had a good weekend. I do mean that. I had an interesting one, that's for sure. We'll get to that, but we got a fun show lined up for you today. By the way, we're streaming everywhere, man. You can see my bald head everywhere. You can see it on YouTube. We're streaming live on YouTube on the PTL page. You can watch us on my Twitter page, which is Pushing Limits LV. Of course, we're streaming everywhere. And of course, on the 1400 AM dial. That's right. Jam Pack Show. We got a judge in Las Vegas that uh, made some comments that some people are calling controversial. We're going to talk about that coming up here in a few. Man, we got some great guests lined up this week, too. I'm excited. We'll talk a little bit about that. But. Uh, Liz Cheney making some statements over the weekend about Donald Trump and Donald Trump making some statements at one of his, I guess you could call it a rally, Klan rally, I don't know. He made some statements at one of his rallies uh, in regards to January 6th. We'll, we'll get to all that stuff, man. Coming up in hour number two, Ron Futrell, Channel 8 Sports is going to be joining us. Speaking of, uh, I don't know if I'd call it controversial, idiotic comments, I liked Devante, but I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen... Um, Making statements saying that Derek Carr is a Hall of Fame quarterback is utterly ridiculous. We will discuss that with Ron Futrell, Channel 8. Uh, Live Golf back in the news again. Why? Well, they've taken a few more players with them. But even Charles Barkley might be gone from the NBA on TNT or TNT on you know, NBA, whatever. Uh, he might be gone. He might be gone. So we'll get to all those topics, man. we got a lot to get to today. And joining us in studio, as he does every Monday, to, to, to kind of sort things out and break it all down is, is my man C. Wynn in the house joining us. Uh, how was your weekend, Chris? My weekend was great, chap. Good to join you, Numchuck, and the PTL listeners out there. Is, uh, it, was, it was a typical Vegas weekend for me, which means a little, little bit of lounging, a little bit of pool time, a little bit of work action early in the weekend. And then just kind of like, you know, figure things out. Can I just say this? Chris has, hours. Chris has, with all due respect, Chris has some of the weirdest roommates of all time. So I had reffed, like, I, do. I don't know. I, I reffed, like, uh, I don't ref very much anymore. I've been doing it for 20 years. So I reffed, like, 30 games, it feels like, over the weekend. Uh, a lot of AAU teams in yeah. town. And, and money's okay, yeah. but I do it for the exercise, and I do enjoy basketball. I saw Teron Liu. He was at one of my games. His son was playing. I saw Mike Dunleavy Jr. I was officiating one of his son games. So you know, shout out to my nephew, yeah. by the way, Sky Myers. He was in town from the Bay Area playing yes. in AAU hoops. He's 13 yeah. years old, and his squad yeah. was uh, pretty solid. Can Please. I start with this story real quick, Chris, and then we'll yeah. get to your weird roommates in a moment. <laughs> um, 
So I've been officiating for 20 years. I'd like to consider myself a, a pretty good official. I'm a veteran. I've been doing it for a long time. 20 years is a long time. They're probably decent. Um, you know, there's some officials that have been refing for a long time that are not very good. I'd like yeah. to consider myself a pretty good official. I understand the game pretty well and do a pretty good job. Anyway, I'd like to think so. So I show up at the convention center yesterday at 9 in the morning, and I am miserable because I have to wake up at like 7.30 in the morning to ref some basketball. I'm not in a good mood to begin with, okay? <laughs> so I show up, and, and there's an official that I'm working with. Never worked with her before, and I know most. Never of, worked with her before. No, and, and I know most of the officials in this town. I yeah. didn't know her, um, okay. which is totally fine. No problem. I work with officials I don't know, and things seem to work out just fine. So I'm a pretty friendly guy, right? Uh, I'm not shy. I, I, hello, hey, how you doing? You know, hi, I'm Brian. I shake her hand. First thing she says to me isn't, "Hi, how are you? How long have you been officiating?" So the first thing that enters my mind is, oh, my God, I got a live one, I got, meaning I got one of these officials that has an ego. When somebody, the first thing they do is ask me that, it's, I want to one-up you. So I'm thinking to myself, she's probably not going to win this one, but I'll be cordial. Yeah, I've been doing this for about 20 years. And then she responds by saying, oh, well, that doesn't mean your calls are going to be consistent. I need you to be consistent. So, of course, in my head, I'm thinking, who the F do you Wait think Wait a minute. Time out, time out, are? time out, time out. You never met this official <laughs> no. before. No. And her first, rea- her, her first interaction yes. with a colleague, she's not your superior. Correct. Who, has, who is aware of your work, who, right. who has been aware of you being, quote, unquote, inconsistent yeah. at times. Correct. This is someone you just met. That is correct. That is a that is a colleague who is an official. Yeah, that so, points out that you need yeah. to be consistent. Right. That is completely redonkulous. Okay? Of course, of course. So let me let, an approach to take. I agree. Completely so, ridiculous. Agreed. So let me explain to you how I respond. Yes. Um, first, I say, "How long have you been officiating?" Because I wanted to know, and she goes, 13 years." So already, I've doubled her up almost on. You got on more how long. Than she okay, does, that's yeah. number one. Number two, I say I've got some really bad news for because I'm trying to think to myself. I don't want to get into an argument with somebody. I have to work with her for three games. I don't want to like call her a moron, which clearly she is. Um, so I, I have fun with it, and I embarrass her because she deserved to be embarrassed. So I look at her, I say, "Hey, listen, I got I forgot her name, and I wouldn't say it on the air, but I yeah. said, "Hey, I got some really bad news for you," and. Uh, She's like, what's that? And I said, I got to tell you, I'm the most inconsistent official on the planet. In fact, I've won awards. Worst uh, official, uh, most inconsistent official, worst whistle, worst this. I just want you to know I have a lot of accolades and a lot of awards. I just wanted to let you know that. And And to all you PTL (laughs) listeners out there, you're all very well aware of the personality that is Brian Shapiro, the host of this show, which is not afraid of a little extra, extra sarcasm. Right, Nunchuck? Not at all. Am I wrong there? Not at all. And he's going to – and you you took it and you uh, you served up your nice – so it. she didn't I love it. So she didn't respond to yeah. me, and then I remember I made a uh, I made a call. It was the right call. I made a charge, mm-hmm. and the and one of the coaches was yelling at me a little bit. And I, you know, I'm trying to explain. She comes over and she goes, "I want you to know that was a great call that you made." And I and I wanted to say to her, "Thank you so much," but I don't need your, you know. I, I don't. I, I don't need your, you to. Your, yeah, your adulation. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need yeah. that. I know it was the right call. I don't exactly. need. And by the way, she was awful, terrible official. <laughs> she made bad calls. She didn't. She, she. She. By the way, she made calls that she shouldn't have made. Where I'm right in front of a play, and and I had to apologize for her calls. I did three games with her. I had to apologize like ten times to players and coaches. Like I have to go over and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, man. I didn't see the same thing she saw. I'm with you." You know, it's like she was a terrible official. Right. And and like I don't understand people, man. First of all, she thought, 
and then we can move on here, but I don't want to take too much time. But she thought that she could like boss me around and one up me because she's been officiating for 13 years and she's going to tell this guy what to do. Well, that's now how I operate. That's not how I work. I don't, first of all, I don't let anybody do that to me, let alone somebody that is, that, that, that's not good at what they do. So anyway, that's how my morning went yesterday. I wasn't in a good mood. Then I go over to Chris Wynn's house and I said, God, my feet are hurting. I've been roughing so many games. He's got a little hot tub going in there. So I yeah. go in the hot tub. Can I just say this about this station really quickly? I love it here at KSHP. The, the only awkwardness that I've ever had here in Numchuck, and I think you can attest to this, is when people walk into the building and they give me this stare like I'm a kangaroo at a zoo. It's just the weirdest thing ever, and it's no, well, no. You got in, in full in full disclosure, though, right, guys? It's we do have windows here where people can kind of walk by and check us out. So there is almost a zoo element to no, it. No, Chuck, you know what I'm talking fine. about. Which is fine, it's, right? I'm like, because, a, because I'm like, we are engaging-looking people. It's right? like I'm a kangaroo at a zoo so, or something, and I'm like, that's fine. To, though. I'm like a I'm like a clown or something. It's, I'm supposed that, to be acrobatic. But that, no, but does people, it mess with you a little bit, though, Brian? Does that mess with you? It's like, a little it's distracting as I'm trying to tell a story and I see strangers staring at me. Yes, it's a little strange. I'm going to be honest with you like I, I was just watching we were just watching goodfellas uh some clips yeah. of it me and numchuck in Do his office you? uh yeah because uh paul sorvino passed away sadly right. and, and i love paul sorvino and it's the scene where joe pesci's talking to the late ray Liotta, another one who just passed away recently and he's going what i amuse you you think i'm funny and i, I feel like joe pesci right now in goodfellas am i amusing people they're clown? giving me the stare i feel like they should leave it i should put a tip chart no but brian there. here's the deal man you are a <laughs> you're a howard stern guy you, you you grew up idolizing howard stern you remember the movie private parts they're, they're, they're that happens all the yeah, time when, the he, was at, when he was working at NBC in, in New York City. They had the tours going on, my yes. friend, and they had all kinds of people rolling yeah. by the studio and had so windows I'm gonna put a and sign people up. watching your boy maybe in, I should, in, the, in the studio. So <laughs> maybe I should you, put should, a, you should you should be you should be loving this. Maybe I should put a sign up that says, "If you stare at the host, here's the tip jar. Leave you know leave a tip for the host for the clown show." Oh, that's what Joey Gilbert called me. He called me clown show. Anyway, yeah, Joey you, Gilbert called you a lot of things. Though. He did. I called yeah. him a lot of things too, though. So anyway, I go to Chris Wynn's house afterwards, speaking of clown show, and I'm trying to relax, right? I just had a stressful morning reffing games with a, with a buffoon, and I, I go to Chris's house, and I'm trying to relax in the hot tub. And we tub. do. We always have a good time. Like we you do. and I and Mark, we, yes. we, get, we get together. We, we, have, we have conversations about, you know, pub, about, yeah. uh, you know. Unfortunately, uh, it's, always, unfortunately like it's always a yeah. sausage party, but that's okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to relax my knees and my feet. Yes. And then we're having a screaming match about transgenders and because your roommate is, feels differently than us when it comes to the social issues like Certain things, transgenders yeah. and stuff. So that was a little bit stressful. And then he's like, hey, I got a movie for you guys that I want you guys to see. <laughs> I got to tell you, you would, I wish you. Would this was this. the this weirdest, great. worst movie I've ever seen. It was so bizarre. It's called what? Skin? Is that what it's called? Skins. Skins. Yes. And preface this right, <laughs> Brian, by saying, "Nilly, my room, my, my housemate, my roommate, only yes. house." He prefaced this movie by saying, "Oh yeah, you guys are gonna love this. It goes all kinds of different directions. It's yeah. kind, of, it's kind of a, you know, it's it's strange." And he admitted from the from the jump that it was a little bit strange. It's the worst movie we I've didn't ever know, seen. But Brian and I didn't know how yeah. strange this movie was. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody out there has heard, have heard of this movie. It's called yeah, Skins. It's, it's, it's done in Spanish horrible. subtitles. And it's it's just a, it is a weird type of deal. Uh, weird would be an understatement. Super weird. And your roommate is extremely weird. It was is, it was the weird. oddest movie I've ever seen. I have nightmares from this movie. It was so weird. Uh, and I guess I will leave it at that. But uh, let's get down to some serious issues here. Uh, before I get in the next segment, I want to talk to you, Chris, about a, a local judge here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people on the right uh, want her to resign. I'm going to tell you why coming up at the bottom of the hour, and I will read her quotes. But I want to start with uh, some news over the weekend. 
weekend. Donald Trump had a Klan rally over the weekend, and uh, Liz Cheney made an appearance. Oh, by the way, can I jump in real quick? Yeah. Why, why is the former president of the United States having rallies continuously mm. since well, he lost rally. the election? Uh, allegedly. Why is the former president? <laughs> I mean, I, I've asked this question before. I, know, I, don't, I don't want to get into a whole rant here, but I'll just pose the question to you, Brian. Why, why, why is this happening? Why Has any other president in American history done this, where they have had continuous rallies for themselves since they lost the election two years ago. You know what's interesting? What's interesting is that the cowards uh, behind closed doors that are not Trump supporters, but they will never say that publicly, are praising Mike Pence. Can we stop it with Mike Pence as a hero? Can we stop it with, oh, he did the right thing on January 6th? I mean, if you stop at a stop sign, are you a hero? If you stop at a red light, are you a hero? No. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're a law-abiding citizen. He's the vice president. He did what he was supposed to do as the vice president. Mike Pence is the opposite no, but my, of a but hero. But, Brian, my question still stands. Why, why is the former president of the United States holding rallies every I, single week I will answer your question. after he just got bounced by an 80-year-old retread I will in tell Joe you Biden I will in the election you, in I, will, I will give you a very makes no sense. easy answer. Okay. Because Donald Trump is the biggest narcissist on the planet. He will do and say anything if it benefits him. He loves the attention. He needs to be relevant. He also is as thin-skinned as anybody has ever been in this country. And he loves the attention. He loves his ass kissed. Mm -hmm. That's what Donald Trump has been his entire life. Kiss his ring, kiss his ring, kiss his ring. And if you ever pull back on anything he ever does or says, he will come after you. He loves the fact that people come out to listen to him speak. You'd have to pay me a lot of money to listen to him speak, but people will go out there and they will wait for hours and hours on end to listen to the orange turd. So anyway, there's your answer. So Liz Cheney made an appearance. uh, We'll get to the Donald Trump appearance in a moment. But Liz Cheney made an appearance uh, with uh, on CNN with uh, Jake Tapper. So here is what uh, Liz Cheney had to say about the possibility of Donald Trump running in in 2024 and the danger uh, she claims that uh, he is to uh, anybody who sits in office. Here's what Liz Cheney has to say. Donald Trump, uh, the violation of uh, his oath of office, the violation of the Constitution, uh, that, that he engaged in is the most serious misconduct of any president in the history of our nation. There's no doubt in my mind that the president of the United States is unfit for further office. Uh, that any, any man who would conduct themselves, or woman, who would conduct themselves the way that he did in attempting to overturn an election and stay in power must never again be anywhere close to the Oval Office. Okay, so obviously I agree there. I mean, I disagree with just about everything Liz Cheney does uh, or says when it comes to policy. Uh, I believe her values, as she calls it, Republican values, are absurd. With that being said, uh, at least uh, you know she came to the table, and I respect the fact that she, she has called out Donald Trump for what he is, which is a fraud and, and unfit for office. Now, here's how Donald Trump responded. He had an event over the weekend. I like to call it a Klan rally. I call all of his events Klan rallies. And uh, here's what Donald Trump had to say about the January 6th hearings. And here's what he had to say uh, in hinting at possibly running for president again. If I stayed home, if I announced that I was not going to run for office, the persecution of Donald Trump would immediately stop. We know that. Everybody knows that. But that's what they want me to do. And you know what? There's no chance I do that. There's just no chance I do that. I can't do that. They can't do that. Okay, so first of all, Donald Trump, that is a lie. 
That is not true. I guarantee you, if Donald Trump announced a month ago that he would not be running for office in 2024, the January 6th committee uh, and the hearings and the investigation and all that would never have stopped. It would have continued because this is about accountability and the possibility of criminal charges being put forth. Donald Trump is wrong. This isn't necessarily just about him running for office again. Now, hopefully some people with a brain will understand uh, this man is not fit for office ever again, and hopefully this will hurt him possibly for running again. But Donald Trump is lying. He's wrong. If he stopped everything and said, I'm not going to run in 2024, these investigations would continue. Steve Bannon would still be going to jail, and anybody around him that was a part of this coup would also uh, probably uh, be facing the wrath of possible charges, and the investigation would continue. You used the word absurd, Brian. I'm going to use a couple other adjectives to describe the idea that Donald Trump could be able to run for president again. It's beyond laughable. It's beyond preposterous. It's completely redonkulous in almost every level possible to imagine that the United States Senate, House Representatives, the people that are on the January 6th committee have gone through all this in the past, what, three weeks that we have gone through. And to think that Donald Trump would be eligible to run for president of the United States again I don't even know. I, again, I just used a number of adjectives. The, 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 the even prospect that that could even happen to me is completely outrageous. It really is. It's just flat-out outrageous. And to, with respect to the comments that Liz Cheney just made, that you, just pl- that you and Numchuck just played, okay, I, and I've said this many times on the air on your show and across the board, this, listening to that, listening to what she said, and all the commentary that has taken place over the past month plus regarding the January 6th committee, to even think that, and to think that he's going to get off scot-free, that that could be a possibility, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand that. And there's a lot of other people, out, and everybody else too, that's been watching all this January 6th committee stuff. The rubber has to meet the road at some place. There has to be some type of consequences Mm -hmm. for the individuals that are responsible for that day and people have been putting the pieces of the puzzle together for a month plus right and and it's been hammered away and hammered away and talked about and talked about till the cows come home but if nobody faces any consequences then i don't know what to say it's gonna basically the united states government and politics as a whole is going to have zero credibility whatsoever. If, if, if there is no consequences faced here, obviously by the, per, by the main person, who is Donald J. Trump, who is a big part of the responsibility of January 6th. There's other people, too, that should face consequences, but obviously everybody's focused on the former president of the United States. If he doesn't face consequences... I don't know what to yeah, tell and you. By the way, Steve Bannon's going to jail. Uh, I don't think there's yeah, any doubt there. Uh Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's facing, uh, I don't know if it's up to a year or two years. I think uh, one count is up to a year. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I thought it was minimum 30 days, but I don't know. And mind you, Brian, and I'm sure you can point this out, this is the same Steve Bannon that was actually charged and convicted with a crime and was pardoned, pardoned mm-hmm. by the former President of the United States who is directly implicated in the charges 
to Steve Bannon. This mm-hmm. isn't like Barack Obama or George Bush or yeah. Bill Clinton pardoning some other person questionably yeah. because all those presidents had questionable pardons. Right. But they weren't tied directly to Bill Clinton or Barack Obama or to George Bush. They weren't tied. Their actions mm-hmm. weren't tied directly to what the former so, president of the United States had actually done. So That's exactly what the situation was with Steve Bannon when he was originally mm-hmm. charged and originally convicted and originally yeah. char- and originally so, basically, uh, basically a convicted felon. And, and obviously yeah. we went over uh, yes. the, the, the January 6th commission uh, day they had last week, uh, late last week, and we'll continue to monitor. Uh, as far as I know, they're going to be interviewing even more witnesses, so people are saying it's over. It's not over yet, uh, but I think uh, it just gets more damning and damning for the, pres- for the former president of the United States. Uh, other uh, stories that took place over the weekend a sad story lapd seeking suspects now two people were killed five people were injured in a shooting in a crowded uh, san pedro park uh and again the suspects are still on the loose and this was a shooting in a very very crowded park uh, i'm surprised actually more people didn't die i'm glad they didn't but a, a number of people were injured and shot uh it looks like most of them will sur- will survive but two people are killed and again uh, the, the suspect or suspects are still on the loose i mean this is really awful and while all this is going on and while we have all these shootings across the country and again if you watch right if you listen to right wing radio uh, or if you watch, you know, Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, some of those uh, networks with zero credibility, uh, they will lead you to believe. The gun nuts will lead you to believe that more guns are the answer. Let's have every American carrying a gun, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So let me just be very clear on this. And I, I have to say this over and over again. This is not brain surgery. We can debate assault weapons and we could talk about red flag laws and all these other things. It's very simple. This is the country, the United States of America, with the most guns of any other country in the world. There's a reason why we have more violence when it comes to guns than any other country in the world. It's because we have more guns. I know that might be really hard for some people to understand. So if you're getting into a debate with any of these morons that want to arm our teachers and think everybody, a good guy with a gun beats bad guy with a gun, make sure to remind them that we already have more guns than any other country in the world for you dopes out there that think everybody should be carrying a gun. And by the way, a good guy doesn't always win. Look at what took place in Uvalde, Texas. Did the good guys with the guns win there? No, they were cowards. What about the hero cop in Buffalo at the supermarket where innocent black people People were slaughtered. The man risked his life and he died trying to uh, kill the suspect. He lost. He lost his life. So stop it with the good guy with the gun always wins because that is not the case. And I remember having to cover those two Metro officers that were executed by those two Nazis in Las Vegas like 10 years ago or maybe eight years ago. And then they walked into a supermarket. The good guy with the gun died. So stop it with this nonsense. Yeah, sometimes does the good guy win? Sure. But that is not going to end all the gun violence in this country. In fact, I would argue it could make it probably worse. And now we have a new assault rifle being sold to civilians. This is so disgusting. While the country is suffering right now with all these mass shootings, and when we're trying to end these mass shootings, and and a lot of people want to get rid of these assault weapons, we have a new assault rifle that just came out, Chris. This might surprise you. Twice as powerful as an AR-15. Just went out on the shelves. It's cap- Listen to this. It's capable of shooting through a bulletproof vest. And they want to sell this to the public? The gun company is marketing this assault rifle that can shoot through a bulletproof vest. It's called the Sig Sauer MCX Spear, firing bullets with twice the energy of an AR-15. Is there any logical person 
that does not have a fetish with guns, that thinks this is a good thing for society. Do you know how many police officers are going to die? This goes through bulletproof vests. Why should any civilian be able to purchase this weapon? Why? It makes no sense to me. What's next? We going to allow bazookas now? Now we're selling guns on the market that are capable of going through a bulletproof vest. How can you tell me this is a good thing for society? How? The only thing putting that weapon of war on the market does is stimulate an erection for the hardcore gun nuts. You know the deal, Brian. And you just talked about it, how there's many more guns in America than any other country in the world by far. Let me piggyback that and also add this. We also have a very unique gun culture in America, right, Brian, that has led to these mass shootings. We have an affinity towards guns and weapons of war. We also have an accessibility that is different than basically almost any other country in the world. It is just that much easier, right, to get a weapon of war. I'm going to keep using that term because that's what these mass shootings are being taken out with. That's what these mass shootings are being done with, weapons of war. You have easier accessibility in the United States of America to these types of weapons that I was, that I, that I was exposed to when I was a U.S. Army soldier. And you can use them. And you, can get, you can get your hands on them. We've already, look, numerous examples of these mass shootings, young people that have had easy access to weapons of war. That's something that needs to be rectified, mm-hmm. and that's something that... And look, I, I brought up gun culture. There's, the way we approach guns in America is just different than yeah. most countries around the world. That's why when you look at the numbers, when you look at the numbers, there are so many more mass shootings in America than there are in any other country yep. in the world. And people's mindset is just flat-out different yep. when it comes to guns in America than it is in any other countries around well, I'll tell the world. you this right now. The gun manufacturer that are putting this gun out there that, uh, again, money before lives, uh, it, it's so despicable and disgusting. And by the way, any state that allows this type of gun to be sold, you should be ashamed of yourselves. I have a feeling that Republicans are okay with it. Many of them are. but uh, Well, the gun nuts are, right, yeah. Brian? They, they think of this. This absolutely gets them fired up. It gets yeah. them juiced the up way, that this type of by, weapon and, is going to be available. Way, and, oh, I can and get by this the way, now. And yeah. by the way, it doesn't make you tough to be carrying a gun on you you know i think of josh hawley and i go back to politics for a moment you know when he put his fist up on january 6th yeah you're a real tough guy and then the january 6th hearings they show him running running from the mob you know these people with their guns you know they, they, they make themselves out to be so tough because you carry a gun let me tell you you're the opposite of tough you're the opposite of tough if you have all your ar-15s and you're hunting deer and you're cutting their heads off and mounting them on your garage you're a sick you're a sick puppy you're the opposite of tough, So we're going to continue to monitor this when it comes to gun control, too. And I don't know how these rifles are allowed to be sold. I, I really don't. But we'll continue to monitor that story. Uh, I want to take a break. And when we come back, Chris, I want to talk to you about a local judge, district judge, Erica Ballo, um, under fire by some on the right. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you exactly what she said in a courtroom that has Joe Lombardo calling for her to be fired. 
Lombardo running for governor and asking for Steve Sisolak to fire her. Very controversial topic. It involves race and police. So we'll talk about that when we come back. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about my good friend, Brian Slipbach, Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo Jones. Uh, Chris Wynn has made many donations uh, to that bar. Uh, I can tell you right now, I've hit some big jackpots over there. Great bar located at Flamingo and Jones. Great food, great atmosphere. They're giving away $100 gas cards. The more you play there, the more you're entered into this electronic drum uh, to get those gas cards. And now more than ever, boy, do we need it at the pump. Uh, you mentioned my name. You walk in there, you get $10 free slot play. Sign up for a player's card. Please check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. I promise you, you'll have a great time. He's Chris Wynn. I'm Brian Shapiro. When we come back, we'll tackle this story about a local judge. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that can be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call. 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticaesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K. Tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Do you want to be part of one of the fastest-growing shows in the Valley? Well, now is your chance. Pushing the Limits covers it all. The only show in town talking news, politics, sports, entertainment, you name it. You can now give your business the push it needs to take it to the next level. We have all sorts of advertising packages that can fit your budget. Give us a call at 725-256-9809 or send us an email at ptlvegasales at gmail.com and be part of the fastest growing show in Las Vegas. Hey, 
everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Hey, that's that's my guy Richard Marks, man. He's coming on the show An tomorrow. An 80s and early yeah. 90s legend right there. If you want a great follow on, not only is he, an, like the guy sold like a half a billion albums, he I did. think. But uh, if you want a great follow on social media, God, I love the way he blasts Republicans. Richard Marks is that guy. Follow, uh, he's going to be joining us on the show tomorrow. He's, he actually has an upcoming show here uh, at one of the station casinos, and he's going to be joining us on the show tomorrow. By the way, he's married to the very beautiful Daisy Fuentes. Remember her on MTV? Absolutely. Oh, what a knockout yeah. she is. But uh, hey, Richard Marks is a piece too, right? Richard Marks <laughs> has wrote, wrote a lot of quality songs too for other people. He has. Right? He's been one he of those. Has. He's like brilliant. He's one of those guys who writes for everybody. Richard else, Marks is that a, song by Insync. You're you a big Insync fan, there, Brian? In, Probably not. Insync. Probably not. No. no. Yeah. Uh, this I no. promise. You, that song by Insane. That's a song that, that you would like. I, mean, yeah. I know. Uh, our boy Tim hey, Unglesby is a big Quality Insane tune. fan. He is. Uh, but uh, anyway, Richard Marks will be joining us on the show tomorrow. Uh, can't wait to talk mm-hmm. to him. He's he's a brilliant musician, great guy. So I look forward to that. And guess who else is joining us tomorrow? Stephen Horsford. Uh, the congressman does not do a lot of interviews. He does not. Uh, and he has agreed to come on this show. I am, listen, a lot of Republicans have done this show. In fact, I've had like no Democrats on this show. Uh, and they walk out of here, most of them. And they're like, you know, that wasn't so bad. He was very fair. As long as someone is respectful to me, I'll be respectful to them. You know that about me on and off the air. But the soon as somebody disrespects me, that's when you lose me. That's when you well, lose no, me. Well, I would expect, Brian, that a lot of Democrats would get along well with you because a lot of your aspects, a lot, a lot to you 
does lean left. Let's well, be straight up thing, and honest though. about Chris, it. Here's you the are thing. left on most issues. Yeah. Yes, way. are you right? Are, are you would you lean to the right on yes. certain financial issues? I believe okay. so. Yes. But anyway, uh well, I'm just, I would I'm just rather, out the the I would rather, the obviousity. I would rather, Is that a word? Obviousity? I would rather I'm just point out that yes, you would get along with Democrats. Okay, so my bottom I'm bottom line this for you. I was just you would get to, along better with Democrats, I would think, yeah. than people that I, are Republicans. I was just trying to explain the guests I have on the show tomorrow. That's all. But yes, uh the reason why I don't have as many Democrats as Republicans, maybe. I don't want to disagree. I disagree with a lot of what Republicans stand for today. I'm not a Democrat, but I like a good debate. And uh, when I have some Democrats in here, and there's there's some that I would disagree with on a lot of issues, but I like a good disagreement and debate. But Stephen Horsford's a good guy, very passionate when it comes to gun control. Listen, he made his uh, he made his mistakes personally uh, in his marriage. That's his personal stuff, but I care about policy. Uh, the reason why I talk about Donald Trump is because Donald Trump didn't cheat on one person. Uh, Donald Trump has been accused of rape, and there's over 25 women that have accused him of sexual assault. Very different than cheating on your wife. But anyway, uh, Stephen Horsford is also going to be joining us tomorrow. So, man, two, two people that I actually admire, I like very much, Stephen Horsford and uh, great musician Richard Marks. They're going to be joining us on the show tomorrow. So I'm really excited for that. Guess who we have on the show later in the week, by who? the way? Who? Who, Brian? Who is going to be on Pushing the Limits later on? Talk to me. Tell me your name. You blow me off like it's all the same. <laughs> you lit it fierce and I'm taking away like a bomb. Yeah, baby. She bangs. She bangs. Oh, baby. When she moves, she moves. I go crazy because she looks like a flop, but she stings like a bee, like every girl in history. She bangs, she bangs, I'm wasted by the way she... Thank you. (laughs) Awkward pause. You can't sing, you can't dance, so what do you want me to say? Anyway, that is... uh, Awkward pause. That, ladies and gentlemen is a man by the name of William Simon Cowell. William you can't sing. You that, can't by sing. the way, is William Hung. Uh, he was on American Idol years <laughs> back. Uh, he lives here in Vegas now. And, oh, well, that's going to be a fun interview. He's going to be joining us later on in the week. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, William Hung. The first thing I thought, Brian, when you told me that William Hung was going to be on your show later on in the week is, it's William Hung. He is a Las Vegas local. Brian, you and I... And the crew have to get him out to some karaoke here we do. locally. We do. And get him back That'll up make on TMZ. stage. Uh, yes. By the way, you know what his Christmas album is called? Hung for the, for the Holidays. <laughs> that has an interestingly Chris, kind of porno sound to it, doesn't Numchuck, it, guys? Are, Numchuck, it are sounds you, like it should be an adult movie. Numchuck, are you hung for the holidays? <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, uh, hey, fair, great fair. guest. As I mentioned, yep. uh, Stephen Horsford, Richard Marks. That'll be tomorrow. That's a jam-packed show. And then later on in the week, uh, William Hung from Infamous for... Nobody's going to accuse you of not having variety on Pushing the Limits, Brian, without question. I wanted to thank you for picking up my new CD, Hung for the Holidays. (laughs) And I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, it's great. I can't wait to talk to this guy. Really, really funny stuff. So looking forward to that. So we talk about a lot of serious topics on this show. One of my really good friends is Roxanne McCoy. She's the president of the NAACP. She sent me this story earlier this morning. And, you know, I cover so many national stories and I watch so much national news. Sometimes I forget about what's going on in our backyard. So uh, local judge, District Judge Erica Ballou. Okay. Uh, She's been around for a little while. And she is a well-respected judge, I think, by a lot of people in this city. She's a black woman. 
And I, I think what she's accomplished, not I think, I know, what she's accomplished in her life being a judge here is, is really um, something to admire. So I want to give you a little background on what took place mm-hmm. here. So it's a courtroom video. She's This judge is speaking to a defendant alleged to have violated his parole by assaulting a police officer. I think we all could agree that's a horrible thing to do to assault a police officer. It's terrible, right? So, so this judge, who is a black woman, is speaking to this defendant who also happens to be black, a black man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quote you verbatim exactly what she said in this paragraph. It goes as this. You're the one making the decisions not to walk away from cops. You're a black man in America. You know you don't want to be nowhere cops are. You know you don't want to be nowhere where cops are because I know I don't, and I'm a middle-aged, middle-class black woman. Now, here's where it gets interesting. She says, I don't want to be around where the cops are because I don't know if I'm going to walk away alive or not. Sheriff and Republican... Now, that's the end of the statement. Uh, Sheriff and Republican gubernatorial candidate Joe Lombardo... Uh, is calling on her to be fired. The Las Vegas Police Protective Association is also calling on Ballo to resign. Keep in mind, this wouldn't be the first time that Joe Lombardo wanted a judge to be fired. I want to give a little background on that. In 2018, I thought this was wrong. Lombardo and Wolfson secretly approached then-Chief Justice of the Peace John Bonaventure to have Justice of the Peace Melanie Tobison removed from criminal cases because she criticized police and the DA. So, I do believe... You should be allowed to criticize police, and you should be allowed to criticize the DA, and it shouldn't mean your job should be on the line because of it. I believe Lombardo and Wilson were wrong. These are two people that I would never vote for. I want to be very clear on that. By the way, I support the next sheriff, which is Kevin McMahill. He's a good guy. I spoke with him today. I like Kevin. Now, let me give you my opinions, Chris, and then I want, obviously I want to get yours on, on the statement. Let me just give mine briefly here. I think there's two ways you can go with this. I think it's important to note, if you're not black, you need to understand a lot of black people feel this way. A lot of, now you can disagree with it all you want to, but what this Judge Ballow said, a lot of black people feel that way. They feel like if they're involved with police in any way, one form or another, that they don't know whether they're going to walk away alive or not. Now you could say the stats don't back that up. You can argue it, you can debate it, but it doesn't take away from the fact that many black people in this country feel that way. So I'm not going to discount her for saying that because a lot of black people feel that way. Do I think she should be fired? No. I think maybe, and I'm using the term maybe, she could have been a little bit more careful with her words by still sending that message, but not maybe saying as a judge in a courtroom, she feels like if she engages with police, she doesn't know whether she's going to walk away alive or not. I do believe it is the judge's responsibility also to explain that you need to comply with police officers, that if you're afraid of police, which I don't discount because of the color of your skin, then you probably should do what the officers tell you to do. And I think when you send a message of, I don't know if I'm going to walk away alive or not, it could be construed the wrong way. With that being said, I understand what she was trying to say, and I understand where she's coming from, and I don't believe she should be fired at all. Maybe there's a better way, eloquent, better eloquent. Obviously, this is a very intelligent woman, okay? Not discounting her intelligence. She's a very intelligent woman. Maybe she could have chosen her words a little better. But I have a problem with Joe Lombardo and the Las Vegas Police Protective Association. By the way, I'm going to get somebody from that association on the show. They're all calling for her to resign. Absurd. I think that's over the line. While you can make the argument, which I'm trying to make, 
Maybe she could have chosen her words a little better. At the same time, a lot of black people feel this way. So I'm not discounting what she said. So that's my opinion. This has made national news. What are your thoughts on this? Let me express what I'm going to say by, by pointing out that I'm probably going to basically agree with you, but I'm going to say it in a little bit of a different way. Okay, This is a situation where you have a judge speaking to a defendant in the courtroom when she's actually at her job. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, especially when we're in the media, particularly when you're in the television media, people like, like television reporters and people that, you know, sports reporters, they don't want to get into uh, topics like politics and things like that when they're actually at work, right? Or they're actually out in, in doing interviews and things like that. They, 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 want to, they tend to want to shy away from certain things mm-hmm. because of the nature of their job. That, I think, comes into play here with this. The judge, and you, you kind of alluded to this, I don't know if you want to get into personal commentary when you're talking to a defendant when you're at work like that regarding your own personal feelings, right? You, you understand what I'm trying to say here? That's, I don't think you want to go down that road. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you want to do that. Right. That being said, a lot of black America, Brian, agrees with her sentiment, mm-hmm. without question, given what's taken place in the last five, ten years with George Floyd and a number of other incidents out there. There is a mindset among black Americans that is, yeah, I, I could absolutely not end up alive if I'm in an interaction with certain police officers. So there's an agreement, and I agree with that, when it comes to that kind of sentiment from the judge. I just don't know if it's appropriate. And now, to the point of Joe Lombardo and, all, and anybody else, and by the way, this has nothing to do with left and right. This isn't right-wingers saying, oh yeah, she should be fired, and left-wingers standing up for her. No, this is just a, I think this is just a personal opinion based on, you know, how you feel about the given situation. It's, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's a right-wing or left-wing thing. But the idea that she should be fired is a question, by the way, I'd love to hear Thomas Moskow weigh in later in the week on this, what he thinks, He'll be the viability now. of her being, uh, to, to resign or be fired over those comments. I think that's absolutely uh, not Thomas, something that should happen. Thomas Moskow, the former yeah. DA here at Clark right. County, will be in studio tomorrow. This is the first thing that I'm going to ask him tomorrow. No question. We're going to talk and, about and this. And I'll be in, we'll so be interested, right, Brian, absolutely. to hear what he and has I'll to ask, say about, and I'm ask, about the viability and listen, that she should be fired or Chris, resign I'm gonna over ask, these comments. Uh, Stephen Horsford, yeah. who is obviously black, who's mm-hmm. a congressman, I'm going to ask him. Uh, I reached out to Steve Sisolak's people. I'm going to try to get comment from him on that. Uh let me give you the other side of it. We heard that Lombardo wants her gone, which is ridiculous. I don't agree with that. The Las Vegas Police Protective Association, they want her to resign. Uh, Clark County Black Caucus Chair Yvette Williams, who I've met before, very nice lady, she said that the judge's comments were not disparaging to law enforcement but expressed the tradition in black households to educate and caution your children about interaction with law enforcement. Whenever possible, avoid contact for fear of being profiled, accosted, harassed, or worst. Uh, Executive Director of the ACLU of Nevada said that uh, the statements were not anti-police and reflected the candor, honesty, and authenticity that we need from judges. Uh, He said Ballas critics would have been more thoughtful in using this as an opportunity to collaborate and restore confidence between police. See, that's where I agree. That's a really good point. Well, I think, Chris, you and I agree, and maybe at the end of that statement she could have maybe taken away her personal I don't have a problem with, by the way, with anything else she said. It was that last sentence where she says, you know, I don't want to be involved with police, basically, because I don't know if I'm going to get out of there alive. I don't like that. I would reframe that. I wouldn't have said it that way. (laughs) But everything else I was okay with and a lot of black. So so here's an example of what I'm talking about. You have idiots on the right. Uh, Yes, I do believe Joe Lombardo's an idiot. Sue me, Joe. You're an idiot. Okay. You have idiots on the right that immediately when somebody – 
He wants no accountability, Joe Lombardo. He's perfect. His police department is perfect. I'm sick of it. I talked to you about what took place in 2018 when Lombardo wanted, wanted uh, this justice of the peace, Melanie Tobison, removed because she was critical of police. You can be critical. That's your opinion. What, if, if, you, wear a, if you have a Let's Go Brandon shirt on, or, a, or does that mean you should resign from your job? Give me a break. I'm sick of it. But these quickly, pe- Brian, let me, let me point pe- out. Hold on. These okay. people want to well, talk about, they want to talk about censorship. Yeah. And, and they want to talk about uh, woke and censorship. Well, what are you doing here? Yes, I get it. The judge might have gone maybe, and I say maybe, a little bit too far with that last statement. She does not deserve to be fired. And this is an opportunity for law enforcement to find out why certain black people feel this way, why the judge feels this way, come together and try to maybe work things out so that more black people do not feel this way. That's something good that could come out of this, not trying to get a black judge to be fired. It's ridiculous. No, but Brian, let me push back on what you're kind of, uh, kind of alluding to here, though. Joe, Joe Lombardo's not coming at this as a right-winger. Brian, that's not his. That's not his mindset. He's coming at this as a guy who is, you know, what thirty years in law enforcement. He's 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 trying to back the back the blue. That's that's what Joe Lombardo. That's why Joe Lombardo wants her to resign. That's that's why Joe Lombardo isn't asking for her to be fired. He's asking for her to resign because he he is trying to put put forth that face of I'm Joe Lombardo, the former sheriff. But Chris, and I'm I, no, no. Do you understand what I? Why, no, yeah, let me respond to what you, you just said. You have to acknowledge what let I just. Me, I'm, I'm about to respond to what okay, you just okay. said. Um, That's he's not coming at it as okay, a right winger. I want to respond to what you just said. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, so you'd be hard pressed to find any Democrat in this city that agrees with Joe Lombardo that wants her fired. You would find a lot of right wingers that are anti BLM. Okay. A lot of right-wingers that won't admit it, but they don't want to see black uh, a black judge who's a Democrat in office here. You're going to find a lot of people on the right that are white that want her to resign. I haven't heard any statements from any Democrat that wants her to resign. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. Because the overwhelming majority of Democrats in this country don't see it as a threat to have a black judge. There are some, maybe not all, I'm not saying all, but there are some people on the right. And where this judge is getting her criticism from are people on the right. Steve Wilson. Yeah, but I'm not talking about all those people. I was talking about Joe Lombardo Who's specifically. I was Who's talking about his motivations for what he said and what he and what him not, he didn't say fired by the way he said he wants her to resign but right? here's something so interesting. There, 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 there's actually a here's, difference in that here's something if, interesting. if you have expectation of someone to resign as opposed okay. to hey let get me, them out of here they deeper. need to be fired immediately let me go well, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just pointing me, I'm just trying to be go, I'm trying to tunnel vision it Brian and say look I'm talking about Joe Lombardo I'm talking about so let you, me go you brought, in, you brought in all the other Republicans behind Joe Lombardo let me and go, yeah I don't I don't doubt that you're you're probably right that yes there probably are a ton of right wingers that are, you know, let's let's say it, the, that are racist and that 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 don't want to see a black woman in a position of power to remain there. Yes, there probably is. Let me go. There deeper. probably is that. Let me go a little well, deeper can, here. Yeah. And and uh, so you know, this judge makes the comments. I don't want to be around where the cops are because I don't know if I'm going to walk away alive or not. Uh, Joe Lombardo wants her to resign because of that because he's but sticking the, up for cops. But the interest, he's a cop. But the interest, right? Okay, but hold on. Let me finish my well, opinion. I mean, well, I'm but, the, a- but the interesting thing here yeah. is that the Joe Lombardos of the world 
They saw January 6th happen. They saw for years what Donald Trump did in going after judges because of the color of their skin or their heritage or where they may or may not be from. But the Joe Lombardos of the world never asked Donald Trump to resign. The Joe Lombardos of the world won't ask police officers to resign. In fact, I believe the Joe Lombardos of the world have done a pretty darn good job in covering up murders that have taken place within the Metro Police Department. And by the way, the overwhelming majority of police officers, not just here in Las Vegas, but across the country, in my opinion, are heroes. They are not racist. They are good people who do a very, very good job, uh, doing a very difficult job, by the way. I want to be very clear on that. I am pro-police. But the Jorge Gomez situation is a perfect example of how the police officer that pulled that trigger should have resigned. But Joe Lombardo... Has he ever called on anybody to resign? Has he ever called on any politician that has made a racist statement to resign in this city? Did he ever call on Michelle Fiore to resign? No. Why is it always the black woman that those on the right call to resign? I ask that question. Why is that? Why is it the black woman that's on there? Now, you can say, well, maybe she went a little bit too far, but this is the way a lot of black people think. I think any reasonable person would agree with that. But why go to the extent of asking this person to resign? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Joe Lombardo, like the Donald Trumps of the world, these middle-aged white guys that can't take any criticism at all. They can't take any criticism at their job. They can't take any personal criticism. They don't apologize for anything. They take no accountability. And I don't believe Joe Lombardo took any accountability for his officers when some of his officers at times made horrible mistakes or even worse. Joe Lombardo doesn't want any criticism himself. But Joe Lombardo is the first person to criticize others. I have a serious problem with that. We talk about the crime rates that went through the roof when he was sheriff. Doesn't want to take any responsibility for that. Wants to put it all on Governor Sisolak. Wants to talk about immigration. Well, he's got an immigration problem here. Doesn't want to take any responsibility for that. And I know there's a lot of Republicans that have gone after him for that. The point being, Joe Lombardo is the one that is wrong here. Joe Lombardo is the one, the last person that should be calling on anybody to resign. What this woman said, we can debate it. We can talk about it. You can disagree with some of the stuff she said, but you cannot deny the fact that there are a lot of black people in this country that feel what she said, period. That is simple. You can say if you're a judge, you're a presiding judge, maybe you could have worded it maybe a little better, but to ask her to resign, when you look at all the corruption and all the problems that the city has faced, and a part of that is on Joe Lombardo, and he has taken no responsibility So it's okay if Joe Lombardo screws up. It's okay if Donald Trump incites an insurrection on January 6th. But Joe Lombardo's a Trump supporter. He loved the endorsement of Donald Trump. Would he take the endorsement of, uh, I don't know, somebody that would make a statement like that? No, but he takes the endorsement of Donald Trump. You'll never hear somebody like Joe Lombardo say Donald Trump should have resigned, even though behind closed doors we know McCarthy and many Republicans wanted him, him would have asked him to resign. So look, this is a topic that we are going to talk about a lot. It's not going anywhere. And by the way, the Las Vegas Police Protective Association, they're calling for Balu to resign as well. I want to get someone on and have an honest conversation about it. I disagree with them. I disagree with Joe Lombardo. He's calling on Steve Sisolak to demand Balu's resignation. 
He claimed her comments and courtroom conduct demonstrates bias against law enforcement. You'll never hear Joe Lombardo talk about bias against minorities, though, will you? You'll never hear Joe Lombardo talk about that. You'll never hear him make that statement. Yeah, the the courtroom sometimes might be biased against black people. You'll never hear Lombardo make that claim. So he has zero credibility. Zero. But here's the thing, Brian. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that people like Joe Lombardo, the police union, the association, they're going to not agree with these comments, right? They're not going to think the same way that this judge feels or many black Americans feel. They are going to stick up. They are going to back the blue. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. They're going to I mean, do that. You know, I, yeah. I, it doesn't make it right. Not everybody's well, doing I'm just, it. I'm just simply pointing out that that's going to be their mindset, and, and that's going to be the way that they feel. She feels the way she feels. Black America feels the way well, they feel. And people that work in law enforcement, particularly people like Joe Lombardo, feel the way they feel as well. I guarantee you there's a lot of black police officers out there that uh, would probably agree with the judge's statements to an extent. I think there's a lot of officers out there uh, that – would maybe not necessarily agree with the language, but understand where she is coming from. No question. From. And I and I and Lo, Joe Lombardo is not one of those people. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to be our next governor. He's a fool, um, and uh, refused has refused to come on this show time and time again. Regardless of what I think of him, I would treat him with respect, and I would ask him relevant questions. But he he won't do that. Just like the Michelle Fioris of the world that are cowards. M- most Republicans that have run for office in this state have all done this show. The two that refuse to do it are Michelle Fiore and Joe Lombardo. Geez, I wonder why. They're very similar, by the way, in a lot of uh, ways. Maybe I can get them uh, to go out together on a date. Maybe they can go to one of uh, Donald Trump's Klan rallies. That would be a wonderful date for both of them. Anyway, we're going to take a break. He's Chris Wynn. I'm Brian Shapiro. we got Rod Futrell from Channel 8 coming up next. Uh, what Raiders player is saying that Derek Carr is already a Hall of Famer? Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that and much more coming up next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Push the Limits right here on KSHP. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, some of you out there might be wondering, especially the ladies, how is it that Brian is able to ref like 30 games in a week and do a radio show? Well, I'll tell you how, my friends. Testosterone therapy. That's right. Is that what it is? Yeah. And where am I getting it? My friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. I tell you, these guys are the best. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes. 6125 West Sahara Avenue. No appointment needed. Give them a call. 702 Two four eight zero five five four. I tell you, man, they're the best. Uh, they take most insurances, and if you don't have insurance, ninety-five dollars self-pay. How cool is that, man? Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. They took care of me. I promise you, they'll take care of you. Sixty-one twenty-five West Sahara Avenue. Give them a call again. Number seven zero two two four eight zero five five four. You know, we 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 definitely have legends in the house here all the time. You know, we have legends in the house all the time. But as I like to call him, the man that's joining me in studio right now, gosh, he's been doing my show for years, man. Uh, The man, the myth, the legend, which is Channel 8's very own, the lavishly good-looking and incredible Hulk himself. He doesn't need testosterone. (laughs) That is Ron Futrell joining us in studio. He doesn't need testosterone. (laughs) Ron, I'll ask your wife about that. I'm transitioning (laughs) and going through some therapy right now. Are you really? Yes. No, no, I'm talking about, oh, oh, you thought I meant 
like big transition. No, no, not just, that transition. I'm moving my office. Not Leah Thomas at work. I'm moving my office. Oh, from okay. One, I'm transitioning. I thought from you were. Death, I so. thought you were transitioning. Thanks for the check, by the way, on the for doing the show last time I was yeah. here. The fifteen hundred bucks was. Um, <laughs> my wife says it's not enough for an hour. I mean, I think it's. Can I tell you a funny story? This so, is the Ben Shapiro show, right? Yeah, right. This is the Ben Shapiro yeah, right. show. Your thoughts don't care That's about what, your feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is. We oh, got what? that check straight from the Internal Revenue Service, too, Ron. Just in case you're wondering where we got that money from. That was. That was from old Joey B. Joey, okay, Joey yeah. B. said that personally. So, gentlemen, a lovely, <laughs> lovely lady that I know. I've known her for a little while. Yeah. She's a she's a big Republican, and she uh, she's a very nice lady. Her name is Leah Giuliani, and mm-hmm. she owns a spa here in town. And I've known her for a little while. And she says to me, "You know, Brian, I need some speakers for my event." She she's the director of, uh, uh, and I'm 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 drawing a blank here, but I forgot the name of the organization. But she says to me, "It's a bunch of Republican uh, women that uh, uh, they gather up every month and and they listen to speakers." And I, and she's like, "Brian, I need a speaker." The first person I thought of is Ron. Futrell. I said, I got to text Ron Futrell because number one, he's a Republican. Number two, he's a very good speaker. And as I said, lavishly good looking. I'm sure there's a lot of money. And he is a Las Vegas icon, okay? When it comes to sports media. The Ron Burgundy of Las Vegas. Vegas. You want to talk about some this man has been, this man has established, (laughs) my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they go... (laughs) I go there, but I can't talk politics because I'm not supposed to. So you really I, didn't? A little, a little bit. You know me. I mean, I, <laughs> I get in here with you. I can't talk politics, and then I. Wait ah. a second. You How can't do... completely put a, a lid on it, right? You're Can I ask you right, right, one question? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to do with politics, but I, I do want to ask you this before we get to the Raiders. You put up something on your Facebook yesterday. It was a story. I, I put that in quotations. A story that allegedly Kyle Rittenhouse received twenty-two million dollars from the View. Did you believe that story was real? Be honest. I don't know. I don't know if it's it was. It's not real. It might still. It might be. It's not real. You don't know that it isn't. It was a fake they news story. They could have done it. Oh, you don't know that it isn't, though. You don't know that they There's couldn't no have done it. There's no sources in, in the article. You don't know that they could have. Well, no sources. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they could have. What do you need sources for? Whoop, whoopi you don't Col- need sources for stories? Whoop, whoopi <laughs> Goldberg could have performed <laughs> a sexual act on me over the could've, weekend, could've, I guess, right? It could have happened. No, I mean, it could have happened. What? You don't know that it's not, so I'll, I'll put it at that. I mean, I, um, I guess. I mean, Sean Hannity allegedly paid me $24 million okay. to yep. shut me up in a non-disclosure because he threatened to sodomize me. I mean, I guess I guess we could put that story yeah, out there, no, too. It could yeah. be possible. Yeah. Come on, Ron. You know that story's not true. You don't know that it's not. It, it's, How do you know it's not? Because it was there's on a, a comedy website. They sign non-disclosures. Website. They sign non-disclosures. Then if there's a non-disclosure, you say a settlement was made and we cannot disclose the specifics. They haven't put he, out anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and he's gotten a, 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 quite a few of those. And they don't. there's under no requirement to even do that, what you just said. You can have it. You can have it without. Um, I've I've had situations where I've had non-disclosures and I couldn't say anything. Yeah, I couldn't even okay. say that I but had Ron, a non-disclosure. The website that you got so the anyway. story from was from a satire website. They make <laughs> jokes about stuff. You can't take that seriously. Yeah, it was I love a satire website. I love the Babylon Bee. <laughs> I mean, all right, <laughs> the fair onion, enough. right? The onion's one. The of onion's those too, pretty funny right? too. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but I, so but anyway, I, but I, yeah. Anyway, Raiders. Right. Yes, let's talk about the Raiders yeah. now. No Kyle Rittenhouse talk. Uh, so. Ron, we usually agree. Me and Ron agree on a lot of things when it comes to sports. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I think we could we could agree on that uh, when it comes to the Raiders. So Devontae Adams made some statements that were a little bit over the top, I thought, in regards to Derek Carr. He had made some statements comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, comparing their careers, calling Derek Carr a Hall of Famer. So he takes a lot of flack on social media uh, the last couple of days right over it. So he didn't necessarily walk back his comments. But before we talk about that, I want you, I want you to hear from Devontae himself in regards to the comments he made about Derek Carr being this Hall of Famer comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. Listen to this. Boom. What I'm not going to do is take away from that statement because 
why 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 is Derek not a, a Hall of Famer? You know, but what I what I meant, I left one key word out of there because it's, that's not exactly what I meant. But I do think that Derek's career is Hall of Fame worthy, and and why not? I mean. You know, people can can say that about this guy, that guy. What I would say is, does he have the the MVPs right now? You know, no. Does he has he won a Super Bowl? Not yet. You know, that's obviously what we're what we're chasing. But what I meant to say was, even if you go Hall of if you go even Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's an adjustment. You know, I meant like even if it is Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, there's going to be an adjustment. I wasn't saying Hall of Famer Aaron to Hall of Famer Derek. So. I'm not retracting my statement at all. <laughs> like I said, I, Derek's career proves to, honestly, you look at the numbers that he's had and, you know, what he's had to work with. And the- Okay, so let me respond, and then I want to I hear both of you on this one. Let me give my brief. First of all, a little background. They're very good friends. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr have known each other for, for decades. They're very close. Keep that in mind. He's going to be biased. That's number one. Number two, I come from a non-biased perspective. I like Derek Carr. I think he's a very nice young man. Uh, doesn't get into trouble. You know, talks about God a lot. That's fine. I'm not an extremely religious person. He's a man I, of faith. But I have no problem with that. He has a nice family, beautiful wife and kids. He's a good guy. So this doesn't come from, you know, any hate. I'm just going to be honest here. Derek Carr right now is not even close to a Hall of Famer. He hasn't won a playoff game, okay? You have to win playoff games to even be, in my opinion, to be considered a Hall of Famer. He hasn't even sniffed a Super Bowl. Is he loud in here now? He hasn't even sniffed a Super Bowl. It's a ridiculous, guys, it's a ridiculous statement, okay? He's a good quarterback. He's not even close to a Hall of Famer. He's he's actually not that far away from being a Hall of Famer. I disagree. Saying that he's not even close i think is going he hasn't to won a playoff game it's, so so what uh by the way there's a guy that is now been penciled in to go to the hall of fame that didn't win a playoff game until last year and there's a guy that uh, i'm very familiar with because i'm yeah, a detroit he won a Lions super bowl fan, he won a and super it's matthew bowl. stafford he won okay? a super bowl so, but but your 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 assertion that because someone hasn't won a playoff game and ron we need you to chime in on this on get your opinion <laughs> but the, this idea that because he hasn't won a playoff game is going to be some kind of disqualifier for making the Hall of Fame, I don't know. You would have to put, uh, okay, take Derek Carr put uh, and add David Carr's stats, mm-hmm. add Hasselback and his brother's yeah. stats, and Elizabeth Hasselback, <laughs> and uh, then maybe you're, well, with Elizabeth, you're probably in the Hall of Fame. I mean, at some point, you got to. Uh, she's a very attractive lady. Yes, with her, the, the, she's Hall of Fame worthy. Yes. Uh, no, Derek Carr, uh, okay. Uh, bless, bless you and love the statement there by uh, Devontae Adams, but it's not accurate. He's not, he's not at this point a Hall of Famer, not close. Can he become? Oh, yes. I didn't sure he say can. he couldn't. Right. We no, agree. We yeah. agree. Okay. He, he absolutely Right could now, he's not. No, there's no way. Right. Thank you. That's there's all no I'm way. saying. He's, he's Me and a, Ron agree again. <laughs> oh, let, let's go through top quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's a right. top 10 right now. Can I ask you a question, currently, Ron? Currently. Uh, Stafford. He's a, of current quarterbacks, Correct. but he's not a top five well, even. Ron, what Chris just said, if Stafford doesn't win the Super Bowl, he's not a Hall of Famer. We all know that. He's a, he oh. won a Super Bowl. That's a big deal. That's a, that's a big yeah. deal, and they're going to win another one this year. Probably. So, no, no. Come on. Probably. Now. Have you seen? Have you seen the Super Bowl ring for the Rams? Oh, they're nice. Oh, yeah. those Super Bowl rings are. Did you over see the, top. the NBA they're, Summer League rings? They just started. No, those doing were that. sort of cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but cool. okay, but <laughs> all right, but Ron, I see your you ring, and I raise with me? you with my Devontae with my Adams. Rings. Again, I got nothing against Devontae Adams either. Here's a guy that's for the most part stayed out of trouble. Him and Derek are good guys. It's not an issue of that. They're friends. You want to back up your friends. 
Simmons, but he come on, this is nonsense. If Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer, there's about 200 quarterbacks that should be in the Hall of Fame. What is a guys? Could we tend what? to be overthinking this also? What as is well? a quarterback? Brian brought it up. These guys. <laughs> what position is that? These guys go back <laughs> to their days <laughs> at Fresno State. East, East Coast baby. <laughs> Brian and Ron, could we over? Okay. Could we be overthinking this just a tad? They go back to their days as Bulldogs in college. Okay, you, we understand the affinity that Devontae Adams has for Derek Carr. So the comparison, yes, while I agree with both of you, by the way, right now Derek Carr is not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but we understand the sentiment, right? We understand why yeah. Devontae Adams would be coming out and saying something Just like this it. because it's now his current quarterback. This is his guy that he's going to be playing with here in Vegas. Okay. So therefore, this is the most you important can understand year. why he would say that. This is the most important year of Derek Carr's career. He has all the tools. He has a very capable coaching staff. I know that this guy didn't get it done in Denver. He has a very capable coaching staff. He has uh, great, on the other side of the football, you can't complain about this defense. And they have a lot of tools on offense. This there is no excuse, There are no excuses with this team. I know how good the AFC is, and I get that. But there are no excuses. Give them a year. That's fine. But, but to me, this is the most important part of Derek Carr's career right now, where we are in right now. See where we're at in three years. And then I think we'll have a better understanding of, 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 of even if he's in a conversation of Hall of Fame. Let's see where we're at in three years. He has the tools to do it now. There are no more excuses. This is a very good football team on paper. Ron, I don't know about his take, though, regarding the defense. What are your thoughts? Because we understand, look, we like Denzel Perriman. We like Max Crosby. Obviously, Mooring is going to have one more year under his belt in the NFL. But if, if you want to look at flaws this team may have, the red zone. people are going to look at the defensive side of the football, right? They've been consistently bad on defense. They were 28th right. last yeah. year. The year before that, they were 30th in points given They're up. They're improved, though. So, Oh, no, they are improved. Uh, Chandler Jones makes yeah. a big difference. You have another edge rusher there to be able to complement Max Crosby. So that's – and, and yeah, yeah, the, sec- the secondary is average. Linebackers are average. Yeah. I think defensive line is better than average. But uh, where you go here, the NFL is a pass-rush league. If you don't have a pass rush, you're going to get your butts kicked because people on defense it's a pass rush league, on offense it's a passing league, and it's and if you can't if you can't get to the quarterback, it's going to be a long season for the Raiders. So they got to be able to do that. Conversely, if they can't protect Derek Carr this year on an offensive line that is average, well, maybe a little that, below that's, average. That's obviously key. Um, you know, if they can't protect him, when Derek Carr is under duress, uh, it's a completely different ball. Oh, game. it's a. It's uh, a and by the way, game. by the way, most quarterbacks that's the case. There are some quarterbacks. I mean, Pat Wait, Mahomes is. Quarter, uh, help me out. Quarterbacks. What is a quarter, yeah. quarterback? Is quarter. there a W in there? Give me a quarter. Give me a quarter. It also does This is Boston. That's a Hartford Whalers. This is, a, Hartford Whalers this is stuff. the Connecticut, <laughs> Boston slash New York accent coming out. Okay, so it's from uh, Brian's parents. His Thank mom, you. His mom, especially. Thank his mom's you, Chris, for helping me out. It that, also doesn't I, help that I'm getting my tooth repaired later this week and I'm missing oh, a tooth. Good for you. I sound like Mike Tyson. We have Wobbin. That's what I've been sounding like lately. We have Wobbin. Hey, Juan, let me tell you something. Okay, no. It's, oh, oh. Here's here's something else different at practice. Now I've been at the pr- a couple of practices. Uh, no music. Um, now I don't know if that's going to change. Really? They oh, they, they used to have a big DJ there. I mean, it was a big thing they would a roll DJ out at practice. At practice, and you, they'd be blasting music all throughout the practice. I don't um, like that. Well, and it was and it was pretty good variety. I mean, they would uh, mostly <laughs> rap stuff, but they'd throw in some Aerosmith every once in a while. You know, why would so, they play music? Oh, oh no, I, I get I like know. if you want to play I, crowd noise and stuff. To, to, right? But, oh no! It, it, but why would you they play blast music? The music throughout? I get the players. Did motivated Gruden allow? Again. Gruden is the one that allowed that. Gruden and and it stayed there 
when um, when the offensive when the special teams coach yeah, yeah. Um, took over. So. Uh, so yeah, oh no, it was it was loud and it was and the players liked it, seemed to enjoy it and stuff. This no, no music. There's that's the first thing I noticed at practice. Besides the heat, is that they are just it's no nonsense out there. And well, that's so, good. That le- so that leads us to another topic right here. Of course, Josh McDaniels, Ron. Okay? okay, it's his second opportunity. We saw opportunity number one wasn't exactly so great. Started out Denver great <laughs> with the Denver Broncos. Now he gets a chance here with the Las Vegas Raiders. You talked about offensively, right? You talked about the offensive line and uh, the impact that they're going to have this year or impact they may not have. What do you think about Josh McDaniels and what he brings to the table with his Patriot way no, out here to Vegas? Yeah, I'm not a, not a fan of the Patriots. That, that'll shock you, West Coast guy. So so I have no interest in in that part of it. But if he can bring that here and have it win and it works, okay, be honest, bless him. Be honest, has yeah. your wife ever deflated one of your footballs? No. Oh, okay. No, no. I, I'm sorry, I had to ask that question. And Everything personal. In, that was very she's personal. She's around. Everything uh, goes the other direction. Um, but uh, no, <laughs> even after four decades, how about that? Um, good for you. Good so, for you. Uh, no, it's <laughs> here, here's what here's what Josh McDaniels. I like Josh McDaniels. I like I like the defensive court. I like I like the way they are going right now. It'll be interesting to see the new system. I see some changes at practice. Just the way they run things. Like how? Can you give me like because for people that ha- I haven't been to a practice, what what, what, what? well well they. they Pads on Wednesday, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be – we're going to finally see some hitting. But different drills. Different drills. For, exa- for example, <laughs> at this point, since I've been out there, they haven't done quarterbacks throwing to wide receivers. Um, they, wanna, they want the quarterbacks to throw more balls. They want wide receivers to get more balls. So they have coaches that are catching the balls from the quarterbacks, and they've got um, coaches that are throwing the balls to the wide receivers. Now, that, that probably changes later in practice during the day because mm-hmm. um, I'm not there for the whole thing because it's just too hot. <laughs> and, and, and we can't shoot any more video. We get, we get a half an hour where Don't we Don't they put video. you like two fields away like I heard? Yeah, they got it. <laughs> yes, they did for mini camp and for... For the, um, but they put us. They put the players a little closer now. That's the good. defense is two fields away still. I mean, I hope that changes where we can walk along the end zones to be able to shoot video and get get closer stuff. But we're still quite a ways away um, from from that. But not how not close as far were you under John Gruden compared to McDaniel's? Closer, a lot yeah. closer. Yeah, but we'll wait and see when the, as the season goes. Yeah, see what they do. See if they relax. When's that, the first preseason game? Go. By the way, oh, it's it it's is on be the fourth. Up on us, right? It's, it's August, coming pretty, it's August pretty fourth. It's Thursday. Yeah. A week from Thursday. Are they Hold on the on. road? or They are in Canton, Ohio, playing Jacksonville. That's right. They're playing Here in the Hall go. of Fame game, Brian. Of When's the first home right. game? Hold on. Um, a first, first real home game? No, no, no. First talking? preseason home game. Uh, Miami here? Um, is Dolphins? it Miami it's here? It's going to be mid, mid-August, like early, early yeah. mid-August. Gotcha. Let me see. Hold on. I got, I got this crap on my phone here. Okay, so first Raiders game, 10 days away, August 4th. Look at that. Wow, this season is right around the corner. And then we got uh, the first home game, which is a preseason game in the middle of August. So we're talking, what, about three weeks away? Wow, it's incredible. First up. And they have New England here, by the way, at the end of the preseason. They play four preseason games this year. Patriots, that's so weird. the Patriots here on a Friday night. It's so weird watching the Patriots play here in Las Vegas. That's so strange to me. Look at that. His, uh, I I think that's cool. His, uh, His former team. Again, yes, uh, I think that's. I like cool. it, with the NFL. I like that the AFC West plays the NFC West this year. Uh, being from LA, being a Rams fan, um, first of all, the Raiders play at the Rams December eighth. That's a Thursday night game. That's going to be fun down there in in SoFi Stadium. They start the season. The Raiders do in SoFi Stadium against the Chargers on September eleventh. 
But but those are some classic matchups. The Niners are coming here. Okay, that Bay Area matchup is happening here at Allegiant Stadium late in the season. Niners against the Raiders. You get to play Arizona. You get to play play some real good teams. So not only is the AFC West very good, but they're playing the other best division in football, which right, is the so NFC West, I this. believe. Ron, my, and if you're just joining us, he is Ron Futrell from Channel 8 Sports. Ron, my opinion on the Raiders is that they're one year away. I, I'm not saying that they can't compete for an AFC title, but I think you got to give them a year. Um, I'm not saying, again, that this is a throwaway year either. Uh, I think McDaniels has to compete, but I think the Raiders need to compete for a championship. We know how good the AFC is. I think they're one year away from maybe if everything comes into place, and this is easier said than done, if they're healthy, there's a lot of ifs, to maybe competing to try to uh, not only winning the AFC, but uh, giving giving an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. No, it could happen. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say. How about that? Yeah. How's that for decisive? I don't know. I, don't I love know. how you take a stand there, Mr. I, mean, I don't know. You just, go, I don't you just go all in. I expect the Rams to win a Super Bowl this year. I'll go there. But this team, there's so many variables with this team. Yeah. Now, they did make the made the playoffs last year. They came very close. In fact, they should have beaten Cleveland, the team that won the uh, – Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati, rather. The team that won the AFC. Uh, you know, that's still, I see that goal line, uh, the, them first and goal from the five with 30 seconds left, and they spiked the ball in the first play, and then they, you know, and then three incomplete passes. Yeah. Uh, so it was just terrific. Anyway, uh, the, the way that was mismanaged. So – um, so they were close last year. They were closer than what people think. Yeah, but they because, also won a lot of really close games. Oh, no. They, yeah. Same thing in the 2016 season. If you remember the 2016 season mm-hmm. uh, when they went 12-4 and four and they made the playoffs and Derek Carr got injured, didn't play, so they lost that playoff game. That year, they had a lot of thrilling come-from-behind last-second victories, and so I remember going, that, that, you can't keep that luck up. Uh, Daniel Carlson, the foot of Daniel Carlson, won games for him this past season and, and got him to that point where they were able to make the playoffs this year. So this past season, I think they'll be better. They should be in the playoffs. I don't know, man. Look at the AFC. The AFC is so really Buffalo. Good. Buffalo's going to come up before yep. too long. Watch the Chargers this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they got this guy named Khalil Mack. Anybody He's kind of good. Khalil, he can play a little Khalil? bit. Khalil's going to meet Derek Carr on the field uh, that first game, uh, two or three times, maybe, uh, maybe more. Uh, so, the, the, you know, those sort of things. Don't the, count the out Chargers, the Broncos. I've, no, you can't. They got that new quarterback yeah, now. Quarterback. <laughs> they, they got that new Russell Wilson dude. Yeah, I mean, so, can't count them out. Oh, and by oh, the way, no, there's this team that has uh, recently won a Super Bowl that happens to be in the division, and they have a quarterback by the name of Patrick Mahomes. Yes, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, but they also, you know, are able to get people like Juju Smith-Schuster and some other pieces yeah. in the mix there in Kansas City yeah. to deal with. Also. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Kansas City should be good, even even yes. without right using losing Tyreek Hill hurts. But what's he going to do in Miami? That's going to be interesting to see, huh? Well, you guys, that look, at that, look at that wide receiving core down there with the Dolphins in South Beach. It is pretty yeah. impressive to see that. You have Jalen Waddle there. Now you have, obviously, Tyreek Hill. And you have a quarterback with a chip on his shoulder, much like Derek Carr has had most of his yeah. in the last five years of his career, where he needs to prove himself. So that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, uh, answer me this. Fill in the blank here. Josh McDaniels has a successful first year if he does what? Uh, wins a playoff game. Oh, that's fair. A playoff game. If you win fair. one, that would be a success. I think that's very fair. All yes. right, I got to switch. Now. If they don't make the playoffs, that's not. Oh, I do want to mention one one more real quick thing about football mm-hmm. that's sort of going on right now, it's, and it's sort of a big deal. Is what's what's happening with the TV rights right now? Mm-hmm. NFL season ticket, the mm-hmm. Sunday ticket, the package that you get when you buy direct get Direct TV. You can only get it through Direct TV, and then they charge you for it. 
They had 2 million subscribers last year. DirecTV loses about half a... They, they paid $1.5 billion for that per year, and they're losing about $500 million a year off off just subscribers to that package. Now, they may have more people sign up to, to DirecTV that otherwise wouldn't to get that, and they can't calculate that, really. But that being said... The NFL's put it out for bid right now. They're expecting to get $2.5 billion. Google is the biggest player right now in that game. They own YouTube, and they want to put it on YouTube TV, NFL Sunday tickets. So that that's one of the big, biggest things in, of the landscape of football that could be changing during this offseason. Well, Probably something announced I'll pretty soon. I'll tell you something, Ron. You know, there are some people, and, and again, not to get political, but there were people that are, oh, the NFL is going downhill. The ratings aren't going to be there. You have all these players making it political, taking a knee, blah, 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 blah. The NFL is in a great place. It is a phenomenal product. There is tons of parity in the NFL. To me, it's the be- best pro- – even though it's not my favorite sport to watch, to me it's the best product – at least from a television perspective, in all of professional sports, it's a phenomenal product, the NFL, and they're always going to be thriving. Whether whether players take knees or whatever the case may be, the NFL, every single organization is making boatloads of money, uh, the Raiders included, by the way. And you listen, you, we could say what we want about uh, Roger Goodell. There's a reason why owners love him, because they're making record profits under him. He is making owners of every single team record-breaking amounts of profits and that is going to continue i don't see that changing the nfl is a wonderful product it just is and am i wrong on that i mean you look at the stats you look at the ratings just last year they were phenomenal no they've worked hard to piss people off but they haven't (laughs) totally yet um so but you're 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 right they have done um, nfl's king of the hill in this country now, worldwide, it's World Cup soccer, Formula One. Let's right. go there. In this country, yep. but in this in this country, it yep. is it is yeah. number one. And they're going to Germany with a game this year. That's that's that should interesting. Be interesting. Huh? Yeah. That, that should be interesting. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're in studio here with Chris Wynn and and uh, Ron Futrell, Channel Eight Sports. We're going to take a break. I don't know if we'll do an entire segment on this, uh, but I do need to mention UNLV football, which is also right around the corner. It's not too far away. They do play at Allegiant Stadium. I have a feeling there will be a few empty seats in that stadium. We'll have to wait and see. I don't. No, I'm going to ask Ron Futrell how many games does Coach Royal need to oh win boy. to keep his job. I'm going to ask him that. Uh, basket- XFL too. XFL. We will actually absolutely, talk- <laughs> absolutely talk XFL with you and much, much more. Get get, get into some boxing too. Maybe Ron. some VGK with maybe Ron. a little bit of VGK as well. Yes, uh, there's been some transactions. There has been an interesting off season uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights thus far. No question about that. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. 
No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that could be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call. 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticaesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K. Tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Do you want to be part of one of the fastest-growing shows in the Valley? Well, now is your chance. Pushing the Limits covers it all. The only show in town talking news, politics, sports, entertainment, you name it. You can now give your business the push it needs to take it to the next level. We have all sorts of advertising packages that can fit your budget. Give us a call at 725-256-9809 or send us an email at ptlvegasales at gmail.com and be part of the fastest growing show in Las Vegas. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits here on a Monday. I was just showing Ron uh, 
the news story of District Judge Erica Balu, what she said in court, which we'll be covering with Thomas Moskal, the former DA of Clark County tomorrow, yeah. and Ron was a little perplexed at reading it. So, uh, but uh, well, no, hey, once, and rightfully so. One, one sentence weird, right? there yeah. where yeah. she yeah. said, "Let me let me get this." I will read that for you. She said, um, "You you know you don't want to be nowhere where cops are." Now, does that mean if you don't want to be nowhere where cops are that you want to be where cops are? Because words have meaning, and she judges ju- judges. That's all they have are words. I mean, it's, so nowhere right. where cops are. Is You'll that, have to ask that means the cops I think what she meant was just, yeah, she didn't want to be in what, the vicinity. But I, yeah, it was I know strange. what she meant. I have to admit, Ron, and you just read this in the break, right? <laughs> and, and when Brian read it on the air earlier, I was like, ah... You're, you're, that's not great. That's not great uh, diction. That's not. Uh, that's <laughs> no. not exactly what you want. But I think there's judge, something but... that we we all agree in this studio mm-hmm. is that words do matter. They do matter. Mm-hmm. Trump won the election in a landslide, and Joe Biden's a cheater. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Uh, anyway, let's knew, let's Ryan, move on. Finally, coming clean. Let's, fire that out let's, there. let's move on now. Uh, Rob Fuchel. You sound like Molly Ball. <laughs> I, I know the reporter yeah, for what is she? MSNBC. Time now. She's time. Uh, I, I know, I I know Molly. Vegas. Yeah, I, I know Molly. I used to hang out with her. Yeah, she. Yeah, no. Have you read the? She's we, made a nice that, career for herself. Read that Time Magazine article she wrote right after the election. It's pretty interesting. I will. Uh, um, I, I will. do have a Time Magazine subscription, Ron. She I could. still have one. My mother, <laughs> my mother ordered one for the me. Only subscription, yes. The, on, <laughs> yes. the only subscription I've ever had to a magazine, I believe, when I was in high school, and that would be Playboy. And yes, I did read the articles. And in one of those articles, it did say Donald Trump was interviewed, and it did say I don't want black people counting my money in casinos. I want Jews counting my money so i do read the articles in playboy from time to time i just wanted to be very clear on that uh we'll ask uh william hung if he uh, reads playboy uh i know howard stern asked him that okay question. so we're talking uh, anyway. X, yes. go xfl or uh, rebels let's, first? okay so let's start with the rebels okay. uh, <laughs> i think we all could agree ron what coach LaRock has done with the women's program unlv basketball is phenomenal she's a good coach women's basketball in a very good spot as far as the men's program goes i don't know what the future holds but i will say this uh i'm higher on kevin uh kruger than maybe i was when they hired him i thought he had a pretty good year one considering the circumstances i have some concerns in year two because they lost hamilton and i'm wondering where the offense is going to come from but kevin's a good guy his father is a legend i love lon they're good people i wouldn't say that about marvin menzies i wouldn't say that about tj otzelberger kevin comes from a wonderful family he's a good man and uh, I do think the UNLV basketball program is going to be okay. Now, how much success he has, I don't know. I think for the most part we agree with that. UNLV football stinks. This program has stunk for decades. Terrible. <laughs> They're playing in Allegiant Stadium. Arroyo, to me, is not the right guy for the job. I said that when Francois hired him. I said that when Francois had T.J. Otzelberg. I don't care how much success Otzelberger had last year. The bottom line here is Otzelberg was not the right... He didn't even want to be here. Okay, He was the wrong guy for the job. And and someone's trying to break into Ron Futrell's car right now as we speak live on the air. You know, I'm uh, worried that I'm going to get my <laughs> catalytic converter stolen out there. That's why I, that, that I park in the right spot. I didn't park in the parking spot where the, the restaurant is, <laughs> so I had to wait for the car to pull out so I can come in there. But you I don't, parked I don't, in one of the spots, Ron, where we have an infrared security system thank underneath you. the parking spot. I do so not I want okay. another catalytic converter stolen you know off my 4Runner, okay? Ron, I, had it, I had it stolen <laughs> off my Ron previous 4Runner. Ron, Ron just said he was waiting for somebody to pull out. That's uh, what some of my dates have 
Stephen By the way, that was a big story that I that, I, that I watched on show. News Eight the other yeah. day. It was the right catalytic converter? Ryan. I'm telling you, totally, Chris yes. just totally walks over him, my joke. It's was, unbelievable. Yeah, but, hey, he sometimes it. that's a good he thing. Hey, Ron, sometimes it's a good thing we yeah, walk over. Anyway, Ron Futrell. It took 30 seconds for him to crawl. I have video of it. Crawl underneath my car, really, and with a little handsaw, take the two. Pull it down and take it in. You were like Leonardo. That guy was like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street when he it was, was calling was... to his car. Yeah. Uh, all right, okay, so Ron, sorry. I'm putting yeah. you on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, Coach Arroyo right now. Yeah, they'll win three games. Okay, but before I ask you how many, and, and if that's what you think, I, I think that's probably fair. I don't know which three, but. I think that's fair. How many do you think, in your opinion, he needs to win for him to keep his job after year three? Well, four or five. Only four, really? Yeah, God, that is five. a low well, let's bar. Go five. That is a, no. At least they five. They have set a low bar. <laughs> they have set a low well, bar. Well, I asked Chris Matthews, football. who also Chris has been a regular on this show, yes. by the way, and I love Chris. And uh, he said five or bowl eligible. Do you think that's too high of a no, bar? No, that's they're not, they're not going to get there. Yeah, I mean this, and it's, and it's a bad conference. Here's why I agree with you. If you win five, you make the case. Program showing improvement. Improvement. Yes. We're going to get there next year, but yes. you better make a bowl game in year four. Is yes. that fair? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I think five, I, Ron. I think anything less than five, you're saying to yourself, "Well, okay, you weren't even in the mix to be bowl eligible." Yeah. Four wins, I think, gone. Uh, certainly three, and you you don't think they're going to win more than three? You think three? I think three. Wow, yeah, and, and like really I've looked at the schedule, I analyzed I it, I forget you, which three. What do you make of this guy? You've been in the media a long time. You've interviewed a lot more people than I have, and I've interviewed a lot of people in 20 years. i got to tell you, Arroyo's a weird guy. Yeah. What do you make of this guy? Personally? I yeah, don't know. I don't yeah. know him well enough to say. Like, you've spent I mean, probably, time on... probably needs to chill out a little bit <laughs> on his on his attitude. I mean, he seems to have that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, perform and do something before you, you act a little cocky type of thing. Okay, but, but football coaches are different beasts. Football but he's never been are. a head coach before. Uh, you're he's right, never you're accomplished right. anything. He yeah. was an offensive coordinator at Oregon. Okay, great. He, he did a good job at Oregon. You're an offensive coordinator. Stop it already. You know, I mean, I, I don't understand this attitude. I've heard from players, former players I've talked to that have said he has this way about him where he walks around the locker room and he talks to people like the guy has won national championships. Now, it's okay to have some confidence, but when your team is – how many games did he win last year? Two? And one of those games was two, against the last, a backup quarterback? Two I mean, of the last four games. Give me a yeah. break. They won. They went on a rush towards the end of the season. Why does he not do more interviews? Why is, he, in why is he blocking people in the media on Twitter? Why is he not doing more interviews? Why is he making his assistants do interviews? Who the hell are you? Am I wrong? No, no. You're absolutely right. Yeah, there is a sense of a big-time attitude when yeah. they haven't done much. Like, Kevin Kruger's the opposite. Yeah, Kevin the Kruger's guy's the, the nicest opposite. guy yes. in the world. Yes. By the way, I mean, even I'll even give Desiree Reed francois our former AD credit. When I asked her to come on, she came on. She was very nice. She always treated me nice. Um, you know, I look at these former uh, – Coach Sanford, do you remember him back in the day? I Great. loved Bobby Houck. He's at Faith Lutheran now. Yeah, 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 I know. Bobby Houck was the nicest to me. Yeah, he no, came he on my show any time. He was. He was great. I agree. And, and Tony Sanchez, I can't say enough nice things about him. I mean, listen, did he not get it done here? Yes, you make that art. But w- without him, the Fertitas don't get involved. They don't put this uh, any of this stuff here. And Sanchez was the nicest guy. And even after he got fired, he came on my show and just a nice guy. I just think Arroyo, and again, I want to belabor the pointer, but he's just, he doesn't have those qualities, man. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. He doesn't have those qualities. I do wonder sometimes what, what it would be like if he won big. 
Oh, no, think about that. That's, <laughs> think a, about good that. But That's Ron, a good question. But, Ron, is there an yeah, element yeah. of this, though, that is also UNLV being a perennial basketball school? And what I mean by that is this. Look, you look around the country, right? Schools like Duke University, they have a football program, but nobody really you know, acknowledges it. It's Duke University. It's always going to be hoops. Yeah. Syracuse, another one. They have football at the university, but it's Jim Beheim and it's that basketball program. Is there some kind of element to that here in Vegas that Marcus Arroyo and, and other Coach, quite frankly, the other coaches that have been here yeah. at UNLV that they have to deal with where it's going to be a basketball school, it's always going to be a basketball school, and football is always going to be second fiddle. Yes, you know what's sort of funny about that is times I've interviewed uh, Marcus Arroyo, he wears a running Rebels hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he wears quite they, they embrace it. They almost embrace it, right, fu- guys? They embrace yes, it. Which yeah. is sort of funny. I smile when I see it. I go, and it's an old school running Rebel hat. Um, that being said, when when I for the first year I got here, UNLV football was eleven and two, with Randall Cunningham at quarterback, um, George Maloof on special teams, Suge Knight as a linebacker, war number fifty four. That Marion Suge Knight, yes, death row records. Wait a minute, George Maloof. I'm, I'm picturing him as a football. Was he a guy who was, he was t- taking teams. players' heads off? He was, was he a special, that kind of hitter? He was, was he a no, hitter? No, he no. He, <laughs> George, George would admit. You know what I'm saying? Like George would admit that he wasn't. Okay. But but they went 11 and two and won the California Bowl right. um, that year. So there was all sorts of signs that they were going to be moving forward and progressing and, and sure. becoming a better program. Um, it wasn't long after that 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 Bob Maxson fired Harvey Hyde. I remember. Um, yeah. As football coach, and named Wayne Nunley as the new football coach because Ron, it, he wanted the credit. He wanted the credit to be the first, the first president yeah. to hire a black coach west of the Mississippi uh, for a college okay. football team. Okay, so you, good, you got that. And I, Wayne Nunley, love Wayne Nunley. Um, but Ron, was, you, you, so listen, there was some feeling that the football coach, program could become viable. Could. Right? Well, Back yeah, then. but, but mean, you've, we've talked about Coach Arroyo and how he's he's not you know, great with the media, so on and so forth, whatever the case may be. I'm curious because you've been doing this for such a long time. Who would you say, coaches or athletes, like some of the most difficult people to deal with interviews? It could be local or national. You've been doing this forever. Like, like who are some of the most Boxers? Diffi- I mean, anybody. Boxers? Like, who's the most difficult person? That I you've loved ever interviewing had to- Marvin Hagler, but he was a bit of a, a <laughs> can you say the P word on here? You the, say horse's ass, right? Horse's ass. Horse's <laughs> say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, but but he he was kind of nice when I'm talking, but he, you could tell he was a tough guy. Fight. And part of the reason, I, I later found out at a news conference that he said that he, he was the guy that came up with the uh, idea, I believe, I don't think a fighter before him did it where you, you don't have sex with your wife for six weeks prior to a ooh, fight ooh. so you are angry women are, weak in legs right that was women, a quote weak from legs. Well, yeah. yes but but marvin that came from marvin hagler yeah uh, he, yeah. he was the guy who said it first yeah. and so so he was so that's why he's not in a real that's good why, mood that's why Numchuk is so but, uh, angry at me every day now i finally figured it out he's uh, my fa- but he, it. He, that being said he's my favorite <laughs> fighter he's left-handed and was just a just a I actually met Marvin Hagler when his career was over later on. He's a Boston guy, Marvin yeah, Hagler. He's from Boston, he the Boston area. I met him, and he was so, very cordial. So Marvin Hagler. To, to, to just the regular How about like a media show? person? Like you've yeah. had to deal with a lot of media people. If you don't want to say the name, that's fine. Uh, I don't want to get you, you know. But like, like How about, how about Shapiro know, putting you on the spot here, Ron? I don't have, I don't have a real good memory. I, I try to forget Besides those. me. Besides try, me. Yeah, besides you. <laughs> good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> there was somebody who used to work for the Vegas Golden Knights that we're both not very fond of. I think anybody who's listening to this show that is even associated with the media would know who we're talking um, about. That's one of them. Um, 
I heard he's a bank teller now. I've I don't know worked if that's with true. a lot. I've worked with a lot of nice people. So I worked with. Um, Isn't Jim Jemma? Jim Jemma's the best. Jim uh, as a PR guy, he's the best. The, nobody beats yeah. him. Yeah, he's the best. Ron, you didn't know. You didn't know Brian was going to put you on a blast fest, right? Yeah, here, but did you? I'm not I, trying I, to put him on a blast. Give me some fest. thought, and I can yeah, come up with Ron, something. Ron, he's making you come up with a lot of people that you don't like. What do you think yeah. was the most awkward interview you've ever done? Yeah. Like awkward. Not awkward. not saying the person was difficult, but Mike, like it was really awkward. Mike Tyson called me a smartass one time during the interview. And hey Juan, hey Juan, you're a smart ass. It's, it's on YouTube. It's smart Alec, I think is a, <laughs> smart Alec. exactly what he said. <laughs> a smart Alec. But it was here, here's what, what did it was. you ask him? We were behind the MGM Grand. We were the MGM Grand used to have a theme park. Remember yeah. when we were going to be yeah. a family town? Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. for about five years there, we had that window. So it's mid '90s, and we're back at, at stage area, one of the theme park. We have five minutes to talk to him, and this is after he'd come out of prison. It was his second fight after prison, and he was fighting. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Peter McNeely. Um, no, Peter was the first one. <laughs> yeah, okay. McNeely was the first. Because um, I remember that. I was in Leon college. Leon Spinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that it's, was before that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so John Horn and Roy Holloway are there, have taken over, and Kevin Rooney's out, which was Kevin Rooney. He's w- a legend. Which was part of the downfall of Tyson. Yeah. yeah. Which was anyway, and Don King's now involved, and so they they announced at the press con- they announced at this little press conference, and then they're doing one on ones. We each have five minutes that they're going to put it on on free TV. It's going to be on Fox Sports, you know, on a Saturday night instead of cable. And, and and pay-per-view and don king said it and praised himself as we we love the fans we love the fans you're all remarkable you're all my favorite we're gonna we love you all so we're giving you the fight don, for free don king Ron, ron's but, version of line, don king. i like that bottom line is nobody was buying the fight <laughs> so i asked mike tyson that question i said don king's act, acting like you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart but you're doing this you're giving the fight scumbag. away for free he's such a scumbag you're, you're giving the fight away for free because you couldn't sell it. Wait, I think yeah. we have that audio. Why, why are you got to be such I a think, smart? Hold on. We think if oh, we have yeah, that audio. Numbchuck, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Put us back, put us and, back in the air. I don't know what happened to our audio. Uh, they stopped the interview right then. Internet, and, internet connection. Because John Horn and Roy Holloway saw that Tyson was pissed. Yeah. And so they said, and I looked at him and I said, I got five minutes. This is well, now a minute into it. Yeah. But I got the best answer out of Tyson, by the way. It, that, that, that sort of got him going uh-huh. and got the, the best answer out of him. Yeah. So. Uh, that, that was so. That was probably the most awkward. What do you think? Awkward, was, yeah. But what do you still... think was your most? Okay, let's go positive now, since I've asked you all the negative ones. What would you say? Uh, well, I don't think awkward is necessarily negative. You can have an awkward interview, and it could still be a good interview. So, what would you say? What was your most enjoy uh, the interview that Ron Futrell in your career you're proud of and you'll never forget? Ted Williams. Wow, you interviewed Ted Williams. <laughs> Ted, I never knew that. Late in his life, Ted Williams. Wow, I never knew at that. At Bally's, yeah. How and did you get was, that? How did you land that? That one? was um, his son had contacted us. Because he was doing one of his sons. I don't know which one took his head off and the other one, but anyway, control. <laughs> right. You know the the right. body thing mm-hmm. and all that yeah. sort of. With That's Ted. a weird. Isn't he? Isn't he a, a freezer thing. somewhere? Yeah, in Arizona. That's so cryogenics. Weird. That is so weird. So he had um, he he was releasing a new videotape on on how he tr- what he did during the Korean War and how he trained pilots and his eyesight and how good it was and and so and they they said come on by we'll have a place there in Bally's you can do the interview with him and so did the interview it's on it's on YouTube as well. And they said, oh, if you want to, also bring some baseballs by. So I brought six baseballs by and had him sign six wow. baseballs for me. And so um, They said that was bring sort of, some baseballs. Yeah, that is so nice you of know, that, that was, Did you I, keep other, all of them? Did you give them out to anybody? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No. I've got one left. How much um, is a Ted Williams signed baseball? I don't know. I've got, That's got to be worth it. That's a pretty penny. No thousands. question about it's it. It's got to be yeah. thousands. I picked up a Koufax the other day, by the way. 
And that Sandy one, I, that's Colfax. the one I always wanted. So, th- so this is kind of along those same lines, Ron. Was there an interview that you've done in your career where you were almost in awe of the individual you're interviewing, right? Somebody maybe you idolized. Bob Gibson was one. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vin Scully. Oh, I can was another one. Yeah, Vince Scully at the DI. At the DI, I interviewed him on the golf course one day, and this was a guy who was in my head all summer long throughout all baseball season growing up in L.A. And what's the first interview you ever did? First here in town? Ever? No, no in ever, your career. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I was 18. Oh. You want to know how nervous <laughs> I was? It wasn't yesterday, Brian. Okay, it, was, it wasn't um, a couple days okay, ago. I idolized. I idolized Larry Bird growing up. Oh, I can okay? imagine. I'm yeah. 18 years old, and I'm interning for. Uh, I, I don't. Not the Hartford Current. I don't even remember the paper. That I was an intern, and I was traveling to Boston. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, Travis Knight, who played for the Yukon Huskies, was on the Boston Celtics roster when Rick Pitino ruined my Celtics, okay? And Larry Bird was coaching the Indiana Pacers at the time. So I have a media credential. I'm, I'm a senior in high school because I wanted to get into the business. And I'm writing at that time. Very, I'm not a very good writer, by the way. But uh, people would argue I'm not very good on the radio either. So that's fine. I'll take that as a compliment. But anyway... I get an opportunity before the game to interview Larry Bird. There's only two other members of the media there. There's a guy covering the Celtics and another Boston guy. Nobody even from the Indiana media was there. I'm sitting there. I'm 18 years old, and I'm interviewing Larry Bird, and I was shaking. It's my first interview. It's my first interview. I'm interviewing Larry Bird. But I, I was, you went to the mountaintop right off of that. Crazy. <laughs> you can't even it come was down crazy. from that. And then after the game, I'm interviewing Reggie Miller. I mean, that was I was in I was in awe. No, that's and then a year later. Michael Jordan and the Washington Wizards come to town to play a preseason game against the Boston Celtics at Mohegan Sun. I'm 19 years old, and I had an opportunity because Jordan did a press conference after the game at the podium, you know, because this is big news when he came back. But before the game, we had an opportunity to go in the locker room and ask him a couple questions, only maybe about six or seven members of the media in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and I can ask Michael Jordan anything I want. And I remember I was a smart-ass back then, and I said, Michael, how much money are you going to be putting down at the tables tonight? And he answered me. Oh, yes. He said a lot, and that's all he said. <laughs> he wouldn't tell me exactly. And by the way, he was right, because it was him and Rip Hamilton and Antoine Walker, who has no money now, and Rip Hamilton was betting 100 a hand. Jordan was betting like 10, 15 grand a hand. It was crazy. But I'm 19 years old, and that was like um, now. I don't know if you've been desensitized to an extent. Uh, in a way, I feel like now I'm kind of desensitized uh, with, with, with some people when I interview some people. Uh, are you like that now or no? Oh, uh, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, it's okay. just it's work. Now it's just business. It's what, right. It is what it is. And, mm-hmm. and one person that I would like to interview that I haven't asked – you do that. Who's the one you haven't? Uh, mine's Koufax. It would be Sandy Koufax, who's still alive that you could interview that's a good now. One. That you... a, a, a entertainer too. Can we throw that in there? I, I put Jimmy Page in there too. Sure. Oh, that's <laughs> put, a great one. So, I put Jimmy Page. So I met Larry David, uh, but I would love oh, to be okay. able to sit him down. I asked him a few questions on a red carpet. That doesn't really count. I'm talking about a full segment with Larry David, Howard Stern. Uh, I, I know a lot of people on the right are not big fans of Howard Stern. These well, he's days. flipped. I Howard's, love Howard. Howard's flipped. Yeah. Howard's gone nuts. I don't think he's, he's not, gone nuts. He's, he's gone nuts. I don't think he's gone nuts. But, but <laughs> get out of the basement, Howard. Yeah. Howard, you <laughs> that's can... the best thing for your immune system is get out of the damn basement. Well, he's got he's got mental illness and obsessive compulsive disorder. But I would say this: uh, Yeah, you could put Rush Limbaugh in there, I guess, for different reasons. But the true pioneer of radio, shock jock radio, opinionated talk radio. I hate Don Imus, but it was Don Imus and Howard Stern. Yeah. And Howard Stern, obviously, much more successful than Don Imus. And then the political talk was started with Rush Limbaugh. But you asked me the two pioneers in radio. It's Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern. Uh, that's it. 
Those are the two. Chris, who would you like to interview? I, there's two could. people that I would love to interview from both an entertainment and a sports standpoint. Entertainment, Paul McCartney. He's one of, obviously, himself, along with Ringo Starr, still <laughs> both alive from That's the Beatles. That's a good one. That's a good one. Paul McCartney. On the sports side of things, there's a couple. Charles Barkley's one of them, okay? And I've had a chance to interview Charles, but it was I was a, a rookie reporter down in Orlando, Florida, covering a celebrity golf tournament that he was hosting, and I got, like, two Terrible questions with golfer. him. Didn't really Terrible. get to so he, he was absolutely atrocious. This was Terrible. back in 1997, so he was even worse back then, Brian, when it came to golf. But, but what And if- also Barry Sanders. And obviously this comes goes back to my Detroit. Detroit time. And Barry's kind of a guy. He doesn't do a ton of interviews. He's been more vocal but guys, as of late. But Barry Sanders, I think, would be an intriguing But, guys, here's well, the too. thing, though. Some people are not open. Like... For well, example, that's the point. That's I why would I love it. to be able to talk to Tiger Woods about his personal life. The guy mm-hmm. never, is not going to do it. You have to be able to talk to somebody that's willing to give you an answer. And there are a lot of people, maybe even some people that we've yeah. mentioned, where they're not really – Howard is a guy that will answer anything, right? But then if I sit down with somebody like Tiger Woods, he's not going to talk about his infidelities. I would want to talk about his personal life or how his father abused him mentally as a child. You know, I want to talk to some – like Mike Tyson is a great um, interview. And I, and I know you've interviewed him because he'll answer just about anything. Yeah, no, obviously you don't want to call him a rapist uh that's going to end the interview but um you know there are certain people you know what i'm talking about ron where they won't go there they won't answer personal questions those are not people that i want to interview i want to interview somebody that is willing to open up and talk about their personal life and talk about the mistakes they've made in their life and yes i do believe howard stern is one of those people larry david's one of those people as far as um I think Andre Agassi is one of those people. He's very open about his life. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, what about you? Uh, anybody else, Ron? I know you said Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Kof, no. Yeah. That would be. And he's been here to town a few times, but he's he's yeah. a recluse now. He's, he doesn't get out very often. What was that Entourage so, episode? Remember when the, they were trying to buy the Sandy Koufax jersey because they, they thought were. he was going to die? And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a great episode. I have very few jerseys that I wear, but his <laughs> is one of them, a Dodgers jersey, number 32. By the way, a jersey, 1958 as much as I'm not a huge Kevin Durant fan, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, by the way, a Ted Williams uh, signed baseball is worth how much? Uh, $1,200. Oh, 1200 bucks. Yeah, 1200 uh, kept all six, huh? If Kevin Durant is signed by yeah. the Boston Celtics, I'm going to buy a Kevin Durant jersey because I am a Celtics fan and I have to support my team. Enos Cantor Freedom. That's the one Celtics jersey I would wear. Enos Cantor? Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting Enos one. Enos Cantor Freedom. Yeah. Uh, is otherwise, he playing still? Is he playing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. he's still. Yeah. A very outspoken guy. Uh, yeah. But... Um, I'm trying. To, the other jersey I've got, Pat Tillman, is another of, of number forty-one Arizona yeah, Cardinals absolutely. jersey that I, a, I, I wear. A hero. Very, very few sports jerseys do I have? Do I wear? But yeah. those are two that was he ever captured? Like. Because I was about to say I don't respect him because he was captured. Oh, I'm sorry. I was he was thinking, not captured. I was yet. thinking of somebody else. Sorry. Another horrible joke to end the interview. Terrible. No, Pat Tillman. Oh, is, XFL coming to Vegas. By the way, yes, I saw uh, that with Rod Woodson as a head coach. I love returning that. to Vegas. I love. Okay, that. they were here for one year. 2001. Yes. Uh, as, and 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 what people need to know is the XFL worked in Vegas. Now I don't know if that it speaks will work poorly. Again. I don't know if that speaks poorly of Vegas. No, I remember I, the Orlando Rage, Las yes. Vegas Outlaws game. That hey, game was nationally televised on that, NBC, right, Ron? It's yes. going to it work. It's going yes. to work. Ron, I appreciate I'm you being here. I'm looking forward to it. Thank it's you for being. Ron, it's always a fun hour. I do appreciate you being here. And if you really want to get entertained, look at our social media and me and him going at it on Facebook. It's always fun. But uh, Ron, you're the <laughs> Ron, you're the best. I always Thanks, uh, I always appreciate it's it. My when pleasure. You, Come in. Anytime, it's always thanks a for having time. me on. And the check again, uh, B. Shapiro. <laughs> Thank uh, you. From B. I could use some extra money Shapiro. in my bank account. Ron, it's not going to bounce. Yeah. Trust me. It By won't. the way, tomorrow on the show, we have Congressman Stephen Horsford joining us tomorrow and a musician who I think has sold like a billion albums, I would say. Richard Marks will be joining us on the show tomorrow as well. Thomas Moskal, the former district attorney of, uh, in Clark County, joining us as well. 
jam-packed show tomorrow. So uh, thanks, Chris, for being here as always. Appreciate you, Ron. You guys are the best, and we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day.